Good Monday. That was Moby's We Are All Made of Stars. And this is Outcast, a weekly half-hour talk show dedicated to LGBTQ plus issues, aired on WMPG 90.9 and rebroadcast on WERU 89.9. My name is Frank Brooks, and it is an honor and a pleasure to be interviewing Lynn Durier, who will be talking to us about the watershed workshop for people with HIV AIDS that she led from 1992 to 2004. Lynn is Professor Emerita of Art at Appalachian State University in Boone, North Carolina. Lynn was a studio artist working in Maine before earning a Master of Fine Arts from the University of Florida in 2002. She now works in Maine full-time in South Portland and on Deer Isle. Lynn is the founding trustee of Watershed Center for the Ceramic Arts in Edgecombe, where she was the program's coordinator and artist in residence for the Watershed Workshop for People with HIV AIDS. She is a co-founder of Sawyer Street Studios, an artist-owned ceramic facility in South Portland, Maine. Lynn, welcome. Thanks so much for speaking with me today. Well, thank you so much, Frank, for the opportunity to be here and to talk about Watershed and the Watershed Workshop for people with HIV AIDS. You have an impressive and extensive ceramic arts background. Tell us how you came to be a ceramics artist in Maine. Uh, my uh, career in clay actually started uh, in New York City. I was a graduate student in art history and museum studies at NYU, and I saw an ad for a pottery class in the Village Voice, and I signed up, and uh, that—that's what started. And kind of one one thing led to another, and uh, I, uh, through a series of circumstances, uh, came to Deer Isle uh, in 1970, and subsequent to that, I found out about Haystack School of Crafts and uh, met some potters on Deer Isle. And so I ended up moving to Deer Isle uh, to uh, study work and work as an apprentice with two potters on, so, on Deer Isle. So that's how, that's how I came to Maine. Um, but the clay started prior to my being here. I really like that term uh, or phrase, uh, my career in clay. <laughs> well, since the, first, since the first class was in 1969, and I've been doing it ever since, I think that counts as a career. I certainly do, too. So how did you become uh, involved with Watershed and then the Watershed Workshop for People with HIV AIDS? Well, in, um, in 1986, I was, um, I had, well, first of all, I'll just say that I had, um, I lived year-round on Deer Isle for 11 years and then started dividing my time between Deer Isle and Portland. And um, uh, shortly after doing that, I was granted a percent for art commission through the, through the Maine Arts Commission. And I was working with large-scale pieces too big for my studio on Congress Street in Portland. And so I was invited by um, George Mason to work at Watershed. And it had been... Um, Watershed was a, an active brick factory in the 1970s, uh, which didn't have a long lifespan, but and uh, as an active brick factory. And uh, Peg Griggs, who was one of the investors in the brick factory, always wanted to see it be a place that artists would use. And so between Peg and George Mason, who's a, um, an artist in Maine, put together a pilot program for the summer of 1986. And I was invited to work there to work on these large scale pieces. And then at the end of that summer, um, Chris Gustin, who is an, the 
the third artist founder, um, brought his students from the Swain School of Design up to Watershed to work. Uh, so it was conversations that came out of that summer that led to Watershed being a nonprofit. So we were first a main nonprofit and then a federal nonprofit. And so that was 1986, 1987. And here we are in 2021. And we just opened a new state-of-the-art uh, ceramic studio that's the Wingate studio that replaced the old brick factory uh, that needed replacing <laughs> as wonderful as it was. So then in this uh, in 1991, uh, uh, there was the, the very first workshop for people with AIDS at Watershed and it was led by Gustavo Gonzalez who was an art therapist um, from New York City. And he had been working with um, people with AIDS through uh, gay men's health crisis, doing art related projects. And uh, the then president of the watershed board who was um, Alex Trube, uh, met Gustavo, saw the work and invited him to come to watershed to lead a workshop, which he did in the summer of 1991. And I happened to visit during that week and I was just really captivated by the whole idea of, uh, and so I, in conversations with the then director of Watershed, who was Holly Walker and the Watershed board, uh, we decided to get this work to continue. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. So that was, so beginning in 1992, I became the program coordinator um, and the artist in residence. And um, it, you know, with this, with the certainly with the support of the, you know, of the watershed staff and board, but it required a lot of um, the watershed budget at that time really couldn't accommodate the workshop and so we had to fundraise for this endeavor separately. Um, but it, uh, and we were very fortunate in the early years uh, th uh, through a connection that was made by Potter and former board member Mark Bell um, put us in touch with uh, aid service organizations in Provincetown. So quite a few of the early sessions and the, you know, from 1992 through the, you know, mid 1990s, there, there was quite a few people came from, from Provincetown and their, um, their aid service organizations were able to send them fully funded, which was wonderful for them and wonderful for us. Yes. Yes, I understand. Um, so, um, we're going to talk about the format of the workshop in a bit and folks who might have uh, supported it and, and helped you uh, run the program. Mm -hmm. But can, can you describe briefly uh, what the social political environment was like for people with HIV AIDS when you first started the workshop in the 1990s to remind our listeners of what it was like then? Sure. Well, you know, early 1990s was, um, I mean, there still was an enormous stigma around uh, being HIV positive, having AIDS, and it was, you know, people were, there was a lot of uh, sort of misinformation about it and what it, you know, what it meant to be around people with AIDS. And so, you know, Watershed is a, is a residency for ceramic artists, primarily. Um, and uh, so what we were, you know, to, for, for folks with AIDS to be invited into a community like Watershed, where we we lived and worked together for eight days. Um, and so uh, that was part of what was really remarkable about it, that they were welcomed into this community 
Okay. Uh, and so watershed, as I said, it's a residency. We were the only people in residence at, during the workshops, but the, all of the staff at watershed uh, are ceramic artists. So there was a community beyond just the workshop itself. So that, you know, there were, um, so that all of the support staff in terms of the people who cooked our meals and ran the studio and did whatever were all people who, who were ceramic artists. Yes. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So a real community formed um, and reformed with each new uh, workshop um, cohort as yeah. people came in. Yeah, yeah. it did. And, um, you know, it was, it was interesting to see how the, the uh, sort of energy and um, communication went back and forth between the people who were workshop participants and the, the staff that was in residence. And, um, and it was a very, powerful connection uh, and had yeah. lasting impact, certainly had lasting impact on me and lasting impact on on everybody, I think, who participated. Yes, yes, I'm sure. Um, so let's talk about the format of the workshop and 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 how how um, it led to community um, formation, but also the kinds of activities, who you had on staff with you. Um, sure. Can you explain yeah, a little sure. bit about that? Happy to. Yeah, it's a, the workshop, the format of the workshop was, uh, I mean, it was a structured workshop. And so we were working, uh, we were, you know, had art related activities. We, uh, a lot of the time was spent working with clay. We also did life-size body drawings. We had the good fortune of, um, well, I'll just back up a, a bit here. So the, the person who was really helped to formulate the, the format and the structure of the workshop was a, a psychotherapist from Portland, Mackenzie Harris. And we did a number of the workshops together especially in the early years, there were times when it was, when we hired other therapists to replace her when she wasn't able to, to actually participate in the workshop. So we really saw it as a way that um, community and creativity could aid in healing. I mean, in the early years, as you can imagine, in the early nineties, within, you know, a couple of years of each workshop, most of the participants would have died. And uh, that changed over time. Um, but uh, so we, there were group sessions, which were kind of check-in sessions where we, you know, sat in circles and, uh, you know, talked about whatever came up. And, um, but, and then we had, there was a lot of instruction uh, with clay. I mean, clay is a very um, process heavy material uh, to work with. And so there's, and only in all of the years of doing the workshop, only one person was an ex was experienced with clay before they came. So there was a lot of instruction. Uh, we did the life-size body drawings, as I said. Um, and then a couple of years into the workshop, I was contacted by uh, a woman, art an artist, and a woman named Ellen Hirschberg, who was a mask maker and a doll maker. And she wanted to, you know, she said, can I help? Which was great because she would come the last few days of the workshop while the clay pieces were drying and being fired, we, we shifted our focus to making masks and making, um, and making dolls, which was a very uh, interactive uh, process where people worked very closely together. And, but there was also a lot of free time I mean, for people to do whatever they wanted to, if they wanted to 
wander around. Watershed is on, at that point, was on 32 acres of beautiful land. Now it's on 52 acres of beautiful land. But uh, so it was very, um, you know, it's a beautiful rustic setting, which just really enhanced what we were doing together. It, it, it's 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 beautiful now, and I'm sure it was beautiful then, and probably so important for folks to be in such a supportive, uh, caring community, but also yeah. natural beauty right. and creating art. Yeah. So it was a you know it was all of those things together, and for people that came from an an urban setting, I remember one of the participants, Robert, who was from the Bronx, the, one of the biggest things for him was walking from the house to the factory at night by himself. It just He just wasn't used to the dark of uh, mid-coast Maine. The dark and the quiet? The dark and the quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so I'm sure you have lots of stories about participants and their response to, to the workshop. And um, how about you, Lynn? What was it like? Um, leading this workshop with, with um, uh, the support of um, watershed staff and uh, ceramic artists and, and the therapists. What was it like for you uh, to go through these experiences? It was um, one of the most powerful experiences of my life. And it was a really, um, I mean, a lot of my teaching has been, I, along with my career of making, I've been teaching in various capacities for almost from the beginning, starting out with adult ed here on Deer Isle. I taught um, continuing studies at Maine College of Art. I taught at the Island Nursing Home. I worked in the, the medium security prison at Wyndham. And I have a, um, uh, you know, the uh, working with people, um, you know, outside of an academic setting is something that I enjoy as much and in a different way than working with people in an you know in academia they're they're very different there's kind of a so the the experience of being um, in the first group uh, you know here were however many people and I don't remember the exact number of the first workshop maybe eight nine ten but you, their willingness to come someplace you know to leave home uh, to come to watershed to be open to the experience they were so. Um, uh, accessible, vulnerable, willing to participate. And uh, there was something very powerful about their, the, how, um, I don't know, everything felt so sort of precious and immediate. It was, it was incredibly powerful. It was, mm -hmm. it was deeply moving to me and uh, continued that way for 12 years. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and you mentioned, um, that things change for participants over time and you made a decision not to uh, continue the workshop. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I, I, I think you've written that it was a bittersweet decision because on the one hand, the news was much, much better for people being able to survive uh, HIV infection. Mm -hmm. And the bad news is that uh, they didn't need um, the same things that they needed, say, in the early 90s. Yeah. So in, over those 12 years, uh, uh, it shifted from being a, an acute disease and for many people, a death sentence. Although I will say that there were a few people who came to the workshop in the early years who were still alive and well and Wonderful. creative, which is, is great. Mm -hmm. but, 
but so it shifted from being an acute disease to a chronic disease. And partially that was um, with the aids of, well, with the help of medication. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of, uh, so that people were living differently there a lot of people were able to go back to work uh, so that it, maybe leaving home for eight days wasn't as as easy it had been so what we found uh, what we found was that applications were kind of leveling off um, we were getting a lot of repeat applications because people wanted to come back and in fact for in the mid yes in the mid 1990s we did have two workshops a summer. Um, generally, it was one workshop a summer, but we we had two, and the the second one was geared to people who were returning. Um, but so anyway, we found applications was leveling off, which was good news in the large scheme of things, and it was getting harder and harder to raise money. At that point, AIDS wasn't really the glamorous thing to give money to anymore, um, so it was it was more difficult. And we had a lot of support from outside um, the sort of the watershed um, circle of contributors, you know, that we, that was one of the things that I really had to do was expand our, our donor base to, to support this workshop. Yes. So, uh, you know, we just, we didn't want to see it just kind of, you know, uh, fizzle, you know, we just felt <laughs> that it was, um, and we spent a fair amount of time in discussion about this and we did uh, shorten the workshop by a day, and there was a participant who uh, was very helpful in, you know, helping us formulate uh, some changes, but then it just really became clear that it was time to end, so. Yeah, and so that's how that's how that decision came yeah. to be. Yeah. Which, which brings <laughs> us, Lynn, to, believe it or not, the 30th um, anniversary of the founding of the workshop and uh, a, a publication that is about to be introduced. So right. can you tell us about this and, well, tell us anything you want about this publication? Sure. So it's, a. have been calling it, we've been calling it a journal, um, and it's going to document the, uh, it's on the occasion of the 30th anniversary of the very first workshop that Gustavo and Alex coordinated. And um, so it really is a way to, it's, it's basically a documentation. So it's going to be a combination of writing and images and all of the facilitators, Mackenzie, Harris, Ellen Hirschberg, and myself are, have contributed essays about our experiences. Um, there's an essay from Alex uh, about the, you know, how she met Gustavo and, and, um, a panel that she helped to, to put together at NSICA, which is its National Council on Education in the Ceramic Arts. It's our National Clay Conference. Um, she helped to put together a panel that, this is a wonderful story. I, we probably don't have time to go into the whole thing, but how that, that panel really helped to, to launch the Watershed Workshop. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, people will just have to read the journal to and read Alex's essay. Absolutely. To find out, because it's, it's really a wonderful story. Uh, and then uh, there's a, uh, an essay from uh, Summer Zikafus, who's a ceramic artist who has been to Watershed a number of times, talking about sort of putting it in historical context of socially engaged work, because this workshop happened at a time when, uh, I mean, now a lot of artists are involved in socially engaged work, which wasn't so much 
the case then and it wasn't we just were doing it we weren't putting a label on it um mm -hmm. so and, and then there's lots of images and uh a bibliography because this workshop over the years generated a lot of press or and articles and and exhibits uh twice yeah. we had exhibits at the june fitzpatrick gallery in portland which a lot of people in maine will remember and um so yeah, so that's what the fantastic. And I want to say, Lynn, it's been an honor to work on that project with you. And um, I'm I'm really excited about uh, it's nearing its completion date for publication. Yes. Um, so what uh, what what do you want to happen with the journal? How uh, what ideally what how would you like to see it distributed, and where would you like to see it distributed? Well, we're we're publishing it in both. And first of all, I just have to say that Frank has been thank you so much for your helpful collaboration um, to move this project forward because it's been uh, it's quite been quite the undertaking. To we had you know reams of files and many many images and um, which is good. But uh, so we've we've waded through a lot. That's been. Um, that's had its also its emotional aspects as well as the, the actual work. Indeed. Um, so it's going to be published in both a digital format as well as hard copy, you know, a book format. And so it will be distributed to archives and libraries and, you know, places where um, this topic would be of interest. Um, uh, book copies will go to all of the past participants that um, that I can find. There still is, as I said, there's a group of people living in Provincetown. Uh, so, uh, you know, people close to the workshop, people help to support it. Um, John Holverson, who used to be the director of the Portland Museum, helped put me in touch with people in the, in the Portland area who were willing to support us financially. Mm -hmm. So anybody kind of uh, in, the, in the long list of acknowledgements and uh, help, uh, for all the people I thank, they all get physical copies of the book. So um, yeah, it's and and so we're still working on the dissemination. Yes, thank you, thank you for all of this, Lynn. This is your um, description of the workshop, all of the the details of it, and and your uh, remembrances of the workshop are just uh, so important. And to see it document a lot of that documented in the journal is just remarkable. It's a, it's really a historical document, um, very important. There was um, something that you mentioned earlier that you were doing social justice uh, work without really calling it that at the time. Right. right. And um, can you say a little bit more about how you felt it was a social justice effort? Well, I think it was, uh, I don't know that I put that label on it so much as a humanitarian label. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, it was really, um, it felt really important to me to acknowledge these these folks as human beings, that they, they were, uh, you know, to, honor their creativity and their humanity and and not be thinking of them as ill people you know sick people they had a disease and they um you know they were challenged by that and we had some people who were physically compromised and there was one person who spent much of the workshop in a wheelchair and other workshop participants would help get them around if there was you know if there was a flight of stairs that needed to be dealt with or um 
one of the nice things about our new Wingate studio is it's all on one level, which the old brick factory wasn't. But anyway, it's so I think it was just the to acknowledge the humanity in mm -hmm. all in in all of us. And the facilitators participated in the workshop as well. I mean, we were part of the circle, we were part of the conversation, we were part of the community. We didn't hold ourselves apart from what, you know, we were all in it together, basically. Yes. And I think that that was, um, I know that that was important. And the, and the watershed staff and, you know, resident artists as well. And there were, uh, we, we all had a formal large gathering the last evening, but there was a lot of, you know, interaction. I mean, we all ate, we ate all our meals together. You know, we walked back and forth between the factory and the, the house together. We, you know, we went swimming together. We went, you know, all of it. So it was just a, it was, um, it was just a great, great. Yes. Well, it sounds like a wonderful Going back to the idea of community, community formation in a caring, supportive, humanitarian environment. Mm -hmm. And uh, one last quick question. Will this publication be available for downloading uh, from the Watershed website? We're still, I, I would assume so. We haven't had conversations about that yet, but I would just okay. certainly... Anybody interested in you know, obtaining a either digital or physical copy could contact uh, me or Watershed, and we'll. I'm sh I know that we'll have a system set up. I just we don't have it yet, but there will definitely be a way that people can access the publication. Great, yeah. thank you. And and uh, one quick last, we mentioned that the Crew Foundation. Found, oh, absolutely. It. Thank you for that very important mm -hmm. reminder. Um, the Crew Foundation, which is based in um, Portland, has funded this journal project in its entirety. And we are so thankful um, to them for, um, for their support. And so it's been, we've been able to uh, offer stipends to the contributors, to the photographers. There was a lot of work that needed to be done. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much. So, and it's time to wrap up, Lynn, believe it or not. Um, uh, thank you, Lynn Durier, ceramic artist extraordinaire, for this rich conversation about such an important creative arts workshop, the Watershed Workshop for People with HIV AIDS, that helped um, so many individuals come together, form community, and create art. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity, Frank. It's really been wonderful to be able to talk about it at the workshop. Thanks again.